It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. If money affects your life in any way, Money Making Sense will talk about it. Be financially healthy, wealthy, and wise. Here's your host, Heather Kelly. Welcome to Money Making Sense, the show that talks about all things money. Today, we're talking about preparing your taxes. Guess what, folks? It's almost that time of year, and we're going to talk about a lot of things that are involved in preparing your taxes. So joining me today is Jason Baxter. He's the Senior Manager at WSRP. And I also have Susan Spears, the CEO of Utah Association of Certified Public Accountants. So welcome to the show, folks. Great. Thank you. It's always good to be on. Yes, thank you, Heather. It's good to be here. All right. Jason, I know people might be thinking, hey, wait, you know, tax day isn't until April 15th, and I don't really have to think about it until January 30th when I start receiving all of my W-2s. But there's a few things that we kind of need to think about before January of the next year comes about. And one of the big ones I wanted to bring up is charitable giving, because this is the time of year where just before Christmas, and a lot of people might be going, oh, I'm feeling the spirit. Maybe I should give something. If they want to have that gift help them on their taxes, there may be a few things they need to know about. So Jason, what can you tell us about charitable giving? Charitable giving is one of my favorite tax deductions. I just really enjoy it because you're doing good and getting a benefit on your taxes. There are a couple of things that we need to talk about and a couple of new things this year uh, based on pandemic relief, recent laws. The first thing I guess we'll talk about is, is what benefit it, it provides on the tax return. So historically, charitable donations have always been an itemized deduction, which allows us to put it on the tax return and and get a deduction from taxable income, not necessarily a a deduction against tax. I think this is one important thing. I was talking recently with a client who wanted to make a large donation. It was about $150,000. And I was like, that's a very charitable thing to do. I just want you to be aware that that won't take away all of your tax burden. It will just reduce your taxable income by $150,000. And that was a misunderstanding that he had to get $150,000 relief from tax. I said, no, it's going to be more about a $50,000 relief from tax. Oh, well, maybe that's going to change my charitable (laughs) motive. And it's like, well, I'm glad we're talking about this now before April 15th and and getting a result that he wasn't expecting because he misunderstood what what, what the benefit of charitable donation is. Okay. So itemized deductions. They've changed a little bit in the last couple of years. And before they used to be around $12,000 for a married filing joint couple. And now for 2021, it's about $25,000. So it's actually a pretty big hurdle to get over before there's any benefit for charitable giving. But what I really want to talk about, what I'm really excited about is a new law we have this year, which allows everybody to deduct up to $600 for a married filing joint return above, above the line is what we call it. So it's not an itemized deduction. 
you don't have to itemize. You can take the standard deduction and include up to $600. So if you're thinking, well, you know, I'd like to, to give a couple hundred dollars to, to an operating charity, right now around Christmas time is a great time to do it because you'll, you'll donate the, the, the cash and get the deduction uh, as soon as, as April 15th. And that's without itemizing. So it provides a much better result. Um, I'll talk about me personally. I'm, I actually never itemized on one of my tax returns. Yet I'm going to take advantage of this, this charitable donation. Donate some cash now and take the, uh, the standard deduction and get the deduction. Okay, I want to back up just a little bit because you kind of skimmed over the 12000 and or 24000 deduction threshold that you have to meet. If I was to itemize, if I was to go through and go, okay, I'm going to count all of my mortgage points. I'm going to count any purchases I made for work that work didn't compensate me for. If I do all of that, that's called itemizing. But before it will affect my bottom line or how much they take off my taxable income, I have to itemize, for me singly, I have to itemize $12,000 worth of all these deductions before it starts affecting me. Am I understanding that correctly? Yeah, I think you're right on. So talking about a single filer, we're we're looking right about $12,000 right now. So you would add up your mortgage interest, your charitable contributions, medical deductions if you qualify, and all of your other itemized deductions, um, state taxes, property taxes, and there's no benefit until you get above the $12,000. you are going to take the larger of the standard deduction or your itemized deduction. So if I added all my other things together and it came to, say, $9,000, I could then contribute just over $3,000 to a charity and get that itemized deduction benefit. So if you're at 9000 then you donated 3000 you'd just be breaking even at that point. But what you're saying with this new law is because a lot of people, I don't have $3,000 up front to, to give to charity, but I could give, me as a single filer, is it up to $300, I'm assuming? That's correct, yeah, 300 for a single filer. So I could give $300 before that deduction line and it would help me. Exactly right. It would help you. And then, yeah, it would help you above the line and you'd still get the full standard deduction. Or if you are above that amount and you're itemizing, it just goes into that that number and, and helps you out there. Well, that's nice. That's good to hear because I had itemized up until a few years ago when the law changed. Then all of a sudden it was the deduction went up so high. I never met that threshold, but I was definitely above the threshold on the old tax system. So yeah, that's kind of nice. And you're not alone there, Heather. I've talked with several people who used to always make a a charitable contribution in December specifically for the deduction. But then with the change in the law, they're like, well, I'm not going to itemize any anyways. And so they've actually backed off on their charitable donations. That's why I think this is such a a win-win situation for both individuals and charities. And that's kind of the motive here when the law was made, it was uh, to incentivize more normal people to give charitable donations and receive a benefit. So, Yeah. One thing that we haven't really touched on for a few years over this new law was a lot of charities 
all of a sudden they were missing what they normally used to get every year. And so they've suffered those donations were needed and they didn't come through. It just made it 10 times worse. That's very true. There's a lot of need out there right now. Uh, I've been reading some articles and the IRS has, has recently posted an article where they're encouraging people to take advantage of, of this tax deduction. Well, that is a big one, that charitable donation. Susan, is there anything else just about charitable giving? If we're talking from a charitable donation and a tax planning strategy, there's an opportunity where we can bundle, if you will, and perhaps we give all our charitable donations in one year so, so, that we can, so that we can go over the itemized deduction threshold. And then the next year, we're just doing the standard deduction. And if we still get to take that minimum charitable deduction as well, that's an opportunity to, to give more to our charities who are in such desperate need of monies right now. Right. All right. Well, this is a great place to take a break. When we come back, we'll go over more on what you need to do to prepare for your taxes now instead of waiting until 2022 when you're about to start filing. So we'll be right back with Jason Baxter. He's the senior manager at WSRP and also Susan Spears, the CEO of UACPA. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Money Making Sense, the show that talks about all things money. Today, we're talking about how to prepare your taxes. And you actually want to start thinking about this now and not wait until the new year when you could have arranged a few things possibly to write off on your taxes in 2022. So joining me today is Susan Spears. She is the CEO of UACPA and also Jason Baxter, who is the senior manager at WSRP. Susan, in the last segment, we ended off talking about charitable giving, which is if you want to affect your taxes that you're going to file in 2022, you need to give that now before the end of the year. And that's why we want to discuss that. But we had to talk a little bit about itemization versus the standard deduction. So why don't you walk us through that? We just sort of skipped over it a little. We said the the names standardized and itemized, but why don't you explain it to us a little bit more in depth? So, so what we have when we file the income tax returns, if you remember a couple of years ago, under the Trump administration, that standard deduction was bumped up. What that standard deduction is, is an amount for our 2021 filing tax year. I mean, we've been using the example of a, of a single individual. That is $12,550 to be exact. If you don't have enough to itemize, which we'll talk about in a second, you can take that right off the bat off your adjusted gross income to lower the tax liability. 
From there, we get our taxable income. I just want to put some numbers in there for people. So if I make $50,000 a year, Mm -hmm. I would be taxed on $50,000 a year. I would have to pay that tax burden. But with the deduction, the standard deduction, I take $12,550 off that 50. So that puts me at 37,450. Yep. Is that right? So now I'm only getting taxed on $37,450 instead of $50,000. Yes, that's your taxable income. Okay. Okay. So the applicable tax rate is going to be applied to that. Now, let's say that you're kind of thinking, okay, I mean, this is calculation we kind of go through every year. You can take that $12,550 or, you know what? I own a house. I have a mortgage and I donate to charity. And this was a horrible year for medical for me. So what we would do is let's just start with medical. We're going to look at our medical expenses out of pocket, health insurance that you paid out of pocket, anything above, this is where it gets a little tricky. So we'll start with hard first, anything above seven and a half percent of your adjusted gross income, which in this example is your 50,000 we can put list as an itemized deduction for your medical, okay? So also keep in mind that under the CARES Act, expenses paid for PPP, you know, your personal protective equipment, you know, our masks, if we've had to wear different overclothing, if we're in the medical industry, for, right. for example, that hasn't been reimbursed, that counts as a medical deduction. Over-the-counter medications, counts as a medical deduction. Even expenses for menstrual care products is now a qualifying expense as a medical deduction. These are some new things that we haven't had in the past ever or that have been brought back in. So we have that under medical. Then under taxes, remember we have the 10,000 spending ceiling, but we have property taxes and withholding taxes are usually the two biggies that qualify as far as itemized deductions under that under that section, up to 10,000, build back better. We don't know what's gonna go on with that. So we're, we're gonna to hold to that $10,000 limit. Then we have our mortgage interest on our homes. That's usually a big bump, especially if you're at the beginning of your mortgage, even though interest rates are low, that adds up. Yeah. And then charitable contributions add into that as well. And that's a kind of a tool where we have some flexibility from a, tax planning standpoint, as I stated before, if we're kind of right, right at the edge of that 12,550 in our example, maybe if I have the ability, I want to prepay contributions that I would make in 2022 to get me over the bump. And maybe I'm at 18,000 for, you know, for itemized deductions in 2021. But then in 20, when I file the next year's taxes, I just go back to the standard deduction. So there's a little bit of tax planning technique there that we can apply. I see what you're saying. If after I added up all of my deductions that you talked about, my, my medical costs, my mortgage, any things I needed to buy for work, especially the PPE things, and I was at you know $11,000 and I went, you know what, I've, I've got another $1,500 I can give to get me over that, that edge. If I always give $1,500 a year, I would give $3,000 this year so I can get myself over that $12,550 mark 
and then mm-hmm. the following year go, nah, I'll just stick with the standard because I, can, I may not have the same medical costs. I may not be that close to the $12,000 standard itemization, itemization number. Right, right, exactly. Okay. So, it's, you know, it's like doing a little puzzle. <laughs> All right, Jason, is that how you handle a lot of with your clients the last few years? Yeah, that's a a lot of things we look at. The bunching or bundling method is a good way of doing it. Well, you could do your donation on January 1 of one year and December 31 of one year to kind of span two years. That's a a popular trend. And, you know, sometimes it's a good point. If you're looking at it, you're like, well, I have higher medical expenses this year, it might be a better time to do charitable as well. If, you, if the money is there to, to really take advantage. And then the next year you just take the standard deduction and the span over two years is a better tax deduction. So yeah, we, we work on that quite a bit. I do want to go back. The example you gave in that first segment was you had a client that was like, Hey, I want to give $150,000 because it sounds like this was a fairly wealthy individual to begin with, but his he might have thought he was going to have to pay 200000 in taxes. And so he thought, oh, if I just give to charity, then I'll only wind up having to pay $50,000 total in taxes. But he got that wrong. It's you take it off of his actual income earned, and then that income earned is what gets taxed. And so there isn't as drastic a change in the number he actually owes in his taxes. You're exactly right, Heather. And to kind of, uh, we, we kind of call it like a, a 20 cents on the dollar deduction or, or something like that. We'll use that term. This individual, he was expecting $150,000 of tax liability. So based on what he had earned throughout the year, we were projecting $150,000. So speaking with his financial advisor, she recommended, well, charitable donation might be a good way to reduce your tax liability. And so that is what he wanted to do. He's like, well, well, great. I would much rather give money to a charity than to the IRS. It's, it's like a word for word quote from him. And I hear that quite a bit. And, and honestly, the government, the IRS and, and Congress, they want us to, to make contributions to charity because they're doing beneficial things that the government now doesn't have to do. But, okay, let me back up. So giving that $150,000, that's what he wanted to write a check for, is to give $150,000, and then he was under the impression there would be no tax liability. But in reality, it was just reducing his income, which would then reduce his taxable income, which would reduce his tax, but not necessarily a one-to-one ratio of tax to charitable donation. In his situation, we were looking at about a 29% tax rate. And so donating $150,000 was giving him a return of 29%. And so it was much less of a deduction than what he's expecting, but it was still you know, a substantial tax deduction right. or tax reduction. So hopefully people kind of understand that difference in giving and how it affects your, your taxes, but also when you might want to itemize or give to charity to possibly get above that standardized deduction, if that helps you at all in that, in that tax rate. Anything else, Susan or Jason? I think that as we're also discussing charitable donations, from a, from a tax code standpoint, we need to keep in mind that the IRS kind of moves up and down the scale 
how there's a limit. There's even a limit as to, you know, how much we can donate as a comparison to adjusted gross income. Now, as part of the CARES Act, again, you know, that was passed um, during pandemic time back in 20, um, that amount was, was up to 100% of adjusted gross income. So, you know, that does, that can change the return on investment, if you will, of that charitable donation. And, that, and that's where you really need to spend the time with your CPA. Yeah. You know, because there, there are a lot of facets that go into how this all works out and the planning and the requirements and all that. That's the end of part one of preparing for your taxes and charitable giving. Stay tuned for part two next week when we go over advanced child care credits. Thank you to my guests, Susan Spears, the CEO of Utah Association of Certified Public Accountants, and also Jason Baxter, the Senior Manager of WSRP. Thanks for listening. You can email me with any questions or topics you want to hear about at hkelly at ksl.com. That's h-k-e-l-l-y at ksl.com. And because this is Money Making Sense, you can subscribe for free on Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts, and you'll never miss another episode. Thanks for being a Money Making Sense listener. Follow your common sense on the social media, Money Making Sense, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.